Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy Fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClellan, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. <laughs> she got it. Are we recording? Of course. <laughs> I can't tell yet. There we go. So, <laughs> why does it feel so quiet in here all of a sudden? Because uh, you have to talk, but it's my turn. Okay. What so, are we doing? What are we doing? Well, what I'm doing is I told Chris I wasn't going to tell her about this episode until... Until we push we, record. Until right now, which is one second ago when I said, are we recording? Um, so... Scary for me. Yeah, because it's not scary. Because now I have you. to sound smart on the fly. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and now you're going to find out how smart she is on the fly because she's funny and smart and cute. Um, so, yeah. Why so, are you surprising me? Because uh, I just got home from Hawaii and I haven't had a chance to talk to you oh, yet. Oh, okay. So, um, wait, did you um, take that sexy book with you on vacation and do all kinds of research? Uh, well, we took it. Because <laughs> I'd given her, what was the book called? And I was like... Enlightened Sex. Oh, Enlightened Sex. David so I was Data. so excited for you to go try out all the... We were... Well, let me just say, at least one of us were super excited to go try it out, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you're not going to tell which one. <laughs> I'll let you figure it out from the content of the podcast. So maybe that's a surprise. She tried it out. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> Hang in there. Stay with us today. We'll find out what happened. Uh, let's just say we did get it out a few times, and we'll oh. leave it at that point, and we'll okay. get back to it later. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> this is uh, this is one of those moments. Christina, have you ever had the experience in your life where you're being led somewhere uncomfortable by the universe, and you're not sure you like it, and you're not sure why, but you are literally... It's called Monday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Monday. Every Monday. Uh, for me, it happens on the weekends a lot, too. So imagine this, we take off for Hawaii, and our relationship, let's just say, was having, um, I was having an experience of limbo in my (laughs) relationship, and my partner wasn't so aware of it at the time, but getting more aware by the things that I was sharing with him, and so I've never actually gone on vacation to like a honeymoon spot with a man that I was not feeling like I was in a committed or at least know where I stood. Like at least if we were only dating, then I knew that like this one was really limbo-ish as we went on vacation. So it was really tricky to like, how's this going to go? <laughs> Because limbo isn't an unvolatile state. I don't know if you've ever had limbo in it's your life. Unvolatile. It's not unvolatile, which means it's... it's, it's which it, means it's volatile. Yes. Volatile. <laughs> I was trying to say it differently, but it is volatile yes, often because... I've been in limbo before. What limbo be, let me become aware of was fear. 
was that I was walking every day in this sense of like, where do I stand? Where do I stand? Where do I stand? And what's he up to? And why is he on his phone? (laughs) Right. (laughs) All the questions. Uh, Yeah. Now, this is the most trustworthy person I have ever been with in my life. So when I'm asking myself, why is he on his phone? My stuff is up. Like... We are talking Mr. Delicious. We are talking Mr. Okay. Delicious. And as I, I did not transfer men. Okay. <laughs> okay. The last clarifying for our audience. No, it's good because we were we kept dipping into, you know, is this a long term thing or is this a today thing? And are we choosing? And just before we left, it mm-hmm. became apparent that that wasn't clear. And so I your was your part or his part? On his part. Okay. I was saying, I'm all in. Which I was sort of like, is Shadow be saying that? <laughs> <laughs> you said it. And I kind Anyways. of alluded to on one of our previous podcasts being like 130% in and he mm. was 70% in. It was sort of that conversation was starting to come to the forefront. Right. I was realizing, oh my God, what am I doing? Like if he walks out the door, he walks back out into his regular life. Like nothing changed for him. Right. If he walks out the door, there's this vacuum because of where I've put him in my life. Like I was And you've also, week after week, you say it out loud to everybody of like, you're 130% in. It's like Well, I actually vulnerable. didn't know I was 100. I was calling it 100, but because right. he's only 70, like <laughs> I knew it must have been me that was filling in the gap there. So <laughs> he wasn't, he hadn't moved off 70 yet, right? And God knows, I hope it was 70. And the thing is, it's no matter what it is, it's okay. It just can't, like, it's okay for one person to be more, like, one person to be more into it. Like, that's okay because it I could think that's just normal. be true. There's always somebody who, I feel like there's always one person in the relationship that loves just a little bit more than the other. I don't and know why. And maybe it changes that. too. Like I have a sense that there were times when he was more into me than I was into him, and then that shifted. Mm-hmm. And even the funny question that we kept bumping up against was: Is it his fear that's making these stupid? Things which I was, I would not like to be so disrespectful. To I was about to say, do you want to rephrase that? <laughs> yes, I do want to rephrase that. But that's my frustration. These stupid things keep coming to the surface. Right. Was it his fear of really taking it to the next step, of committing another level to this? And it was so funny because I started catching what he was saying, really. So, ladies, listen up. You got to really listen to what men say because they actually mean it. And we add words and Mm -hmm. add like flowers in there that aren't there. So because we don't, for me, it's too scary to say exactly the truth and what it is. Right. Because the flowers around it to soften and then what happens is I'm being so unclear (laughs) with how I'm thinking and feeling that the other person's like, I hear your words, but that doesn't make sense. Just tell me what it is. Be specific. Right. Or the other side of it is, I can't hear you. I can't hear my partner because I'm so busy making it what I want it to be because I've already got an idea of what I, you know, I'm like Mm -hmm. house, cars, (laughs) you know, whatever. So, um, check boxes, check boxes, whatever. (laughs) Refer to your last episodes. So, all of a sudden, I realized he's saying things to me like, I love you, which is super cool. Checkbox, right? We already did that. Yeah. And then he's saying, I'm so committed to be here today. <laughs> and I'm like, Very wait honest. a minute. 
I didn't hear that before. Right. <laughs> I love you. I'm so fully here. I'm here today. This is so great today. Like, and I'm like, oh, hmm, hmm. That that isn't actually what so I. So, how long had he had he been saying that to you? I think his real truth is that's how he lives. Like, he kind of lives. I'm here today. I'm present and alive. And that's that's something that actually is a value of mine. That mm-hmm. my partner is present and alive. But for and the anxious person. <laughs> when anxious when anxious girl shows up. But the other thing is, then I had to start asking, okay, but why is there no, like, tomorrow, longer term? <laughs> and and uh, then I noticed that when I would try to pin him down, he would say things like, for a long time, for a while, depending on what day it was, right? And, of course, what am I looking for? Forever. Right. Right? And that's... that. But you know when someone says that, no, like, you can't promise that. Well, no, of course you can't promise we that. Promise that in marriage, right? And we've promised that before, and it didn't mean dick. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it meant loss of dick. Apparently, no. But what we're what what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> yes, yes. What are you trying to say? <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that there actually it does actually mean something. It just right. doesn't mean everything because I guess the thing is is we have to stay present, and we have to attend to what's really happening in our partnerships. Mm -hmm. And if the other person isn't where you are, you have to attend to that. Because I kept getting disappointed because I was playing a different game than he was playing. It's like, you know, he's playing ping pong. He's playing today. You're playing longevity. Yeah, exactly. And you both have a different benchmark for what what the success meter is. Right, and how you should be behaving. Right? Did like, you guys see the quotes? She didn't yeah. on that. <laughs> and, oh, you are. Air quotes. We have bunny ears floating all over it. And so the what's so fascinating about it is that when we have two different benchmarks or two different things going on, so much frustration and upset can go back and forth because I'm thinking we're in one conversation and he's thinking we're in another conversation and ain't it great? And... Well, tennis and ping pong are very similar games, but, right? The right. courts are different. <laughs> I'm trying to think if that's a good analogy. I, I don't think so, so I'm going to get away from it because I'm like, no, because they're both viable games. But that's the truth. So they're both viable games. Yeah. You just play them very differently. And there's something still wrong with this analogy. But we're going <laughs> to drop it right now because if you follow it too far, it's going to end in tragedy. So let it go. But it is two different games that we're playing. <laughs> and so... When you start to realize that, you realize there's all this friction coming from two different games being played. And I think this happens in our partnerships a lot, that we wake up one day and we're like, oh, wait, I'm playing for long term and you're playing for short term. Or, and nobody's ever said it. And, and the other so- thing is, if you're not doing well in the short term, there is no long term. So if, like, think about it. If he's not loving you today and present today, then... You won't love him tomorrow because he's not present and with you. And so it's really interesting how, and I don't know if it's a man-woman thing or an anxious uh, avoidant thing. I don't know what it is that creates that back and forth, but it's a beautiful quality that he is present today. Right. Right. But here was where it got tricky, was that in being present today, he wasn't addressing inside him what was true for him choosing at some point into a future. Mm-hmm. And so 
he was saying, it's great today. It's great today. It's great today, which was fine with me and all that. But then every time that question about any kind of future conversation would start, it would go, you know, well, there's some things and I'm not sure. And I don't mean to paint him in any way, but full of integrity because he would tell me what the things were and he would tell me why he was unsure and all those things. But I kept trying to fix it. And I, you know, like I, we went and talked to somebody one time to try and fix it. And he tried to put it away and pack it all up and say it wasn't important. And then it came right back, you know, mm-hmm. and then a temptation would have been to say, oh, he hid that from me. And well, what really was happening was he was actually trying to please me. He was mm-hmm. trying to keep me around, not in a bad way, but because, oh, we could be present and have fun together. And he he wasn't clear, so he didn't really have anything to say. But at some point now, we're in Hawaii, and we're getting clearer and clearer that there's a mismatch here. <laughs> Something's not quite working. Way to be in Hawaii. Yeah, weird way to be in Hawaii. And so this is like maybe not the world's best vacation. But again, I, what I started this was, was Krista, have you ever been on a journey and didn't know you were on because spirit was leading it? Right, because you thought you were going on this we're going on vacation. It's Hawaii. No it's plans be- for seven days, nothing to do. And we really weren't committed to working very hard. So we really, yeah, so perfect, idyllic vacation. And it was like bumpy, lumpy, bumpy, lumpy thing. And so all sorts of stuff started happening. So the very first thing that happened was two members of his family had some serious illness challenges, not just like little ones, very, very serious ones. And so the first day and a half, I went, yeah, I mean, most of the vacation was like this. We'd have these, we went from having these beautiful days of presence and caring to these moments where mm-hmm. we get super connected. We'd be in a beautiful restaurant. We'd be looking at the ocean. We'd be the whole Hawaii thing. And then it would just blow up. For one reason or another, either we'd have a fight or someone would call or there would be new information or we couldn't reach somebody. Or Right. And life. Then, life was happening on our vacation. How God dare damn it. <laughs> it was not supposed to. That's not how it's supposed to happen. This is my vacation. And it's just so funny how we think of that. We also think that we don't bring ourselves on vacation with us. We're like, oh, no, we'll be these two idyllic people. We'll have an idyllic week. We'll get so close that he'll let go of whatever's bothering right. him. It's going to solve everything. It's going to solve everything. there won't be any stress Anybody else life? ever done that? Uh, I've probably never told you of my uh, travel karma. <laughs> Maybe I can oh, are you later. the cursing one? Did you curse me? With- well, no, I'm just no, just kidding. I have never been on vacation. Well, I shouldn't say never. I would say that most of my vacations have never turned out like I thought. Like whether it's the most romantic place on the earth, it just something big would always happen. So exactly oh, what you're saying. Well, yeah. And I feel feel like you've never had that experience. You've always talked about how your vacation. Oh, they're amazing. Been, so, yeah. They're- so what you're explaining is like, oh yeah, that's every vacation I've ever been on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So I'm usually much better at uh, living in a fantasy world for a week to 10 days than apparently you are. But um, usually for me, it's like when I come home that the whole thing comes crashing down right. on top of me, the reality uh, so <laughs> I was a little surprised that reality went on vacation with mm. us. So reality is showing up in the form of really serious issues and family issues. And then all of a sudden it's showing up in the form of, I'm not sure how to be 
because I'm not because we're not playing the same game. It's like how right. do you show up at the ping pong table with a tennis racket? Like bam, <laughs> with know? a smile, with a smile, right? <laughs> Hi, can't wait to sleep in Four. the same bed. Oh, that's yeah, golf. Right. Yeah, <laughs> much less a golf. I should not make sports analogies. You should I not. No, nothing. Because I was sports. about to call it a golf stick instead of a club. So I think you and I should stay away from tennis, <laughs> ping pong, and golf forever. Okay. Um, so we're done board with that games part. Games where moms do we have board games, <laughs> shoots and letters. Yeah. <laughs> What is it? Candyland. Candyland. You thought you were going to Candyland. <laughs> I thought I was going to Candyland. We, we get the game of life. Yeah. We got the game of life. So anyway, what? So as we went through the week, this situation was interesting. It would really sort of resolve itself and we would have a few really good hours and we'd have a good adventure. And then there would be this sort of weird separation, anger, upset. And then we'd resolve it. And... Then one night, it came to a head in a restaurant. <laughs> oh, fun. <laughs> yeah, and it was one of those conversations about what are the things that are standing in the way? You know, mm. here I am being all magnanimous because I want to <laughs> hear everything that's in the way. And he's like, all right. <laughs> as long as it's the things I want to be in the way, not the things that you want to be in the way. <laughs> well, first, I don't want anything to be in the way. So I'm trying to probably madly trying to fix it all, which right. is my beautiful little anxious girl <laughs> trying to fix this all. But unfortunately, one thing which I'm not going to reveal right now because it's too tender, but was a deal breaker. Mm. And I lost it. Now, mm. I don't lose it in a dramatic kind of way very often. And I don't mean I like, you know, stormed out of the restaurant, but I turned around and I said, oh, well, you think you're so perfect, Mr. Delicious? <laughs> and I started to tell him all of the things that aren't perfect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ladies, Holly. Anybody, else, anybody else had this kind of really bad moment with yourself where you just... Oh, oh, and then my next brilliant move was finishing the beer I was drinking and ordering another one. <laughs> I'll show you. I'll show you. So popping you back can pay to for it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my God, that's horrible. And you can pay for it. And the waitress, by the time dinner was over, you were just sitting in a crowded restaurant, but she was literally like tiptoeing she towards our table it. and like throw the receipt down and, run. and run away. <laughs> Poor thing. We were so nice when we came in. We were not when we left. Oh, my God. It was such a disaster. And it just went on and on. And I really am sure he did not. Can I not... guess the de deal breakers? No. Okay. You can't. We're not going to go there. But this... It... I don't know what they would be. I can only think of one, but whatever. No. And it wasn't... It probably isn't anyone that anyone would think of. Oh, okay. It just was so personal to me. Right. That I... It just was like... It just like... You said the other night something might have opened you up in a way that surprised you. This opened me up in a way that surprised me. And I was just, I just became unglued. I'm like, I have been being so incredibly kind and nice to this human being who I love, but is not perfect. And because I've been acting like he's perfect so long, mm -hmm. he gets to have some things about me that aren't perfect now I'm going to tell him everything <laughs> about him. So how'd that, that go over? It went really badly. Yeah. So uh, oh. I think he felt kind of bad because it kind of came out kind of bad when he said it. And then he kept trying to backtrack, but it, there was no way back. 
It was mm-hmm. just too bad. And so then I did all of the classic. I have never done this, but I did it. I went home. I got my suitcase. I packed it <laughs> oh, God. while I was yelling. I mean, I can't believe it. I packed it. And I just like, I could not stop. I was on a roll that would not stop. So excited to hear this, you guys, because <laughs> now I finally feel normal after my last year of all the times that I've packed up the stuff and given back the stuff. Right, I did it once, stuff. Chris. Okay, I know. But I did hey, say to him, I feel like Krista. <laughs> I feel like Krista right now. It was actually not till the next day, but it was funny anyway. So, uh, and then I was like, then, uh, so I packed up all my stuff. Luckily, there were two bedrooms in our okay. condo. So I packed up all my stuff and um, got my bag and put it in the living room and then went upstairs and I'm like, stay downstairs. And he's like, won't you just come and maybe we can talk a little bit more. And, you know, and I'm like, no, I'm out. I'm done. This is, stop. And so I went to bed upstairs. And what I was really doing, I recognized, was I needed to get myself back. I knew, like, I was not proud of myself. I was embarrassed about who I was being. Mm -hmm. I was so triggered. It was whatever got triggered in that conversation had nothing to do with him. It was history. It was my whole life. It was things my parents said to me. It was, there was a way in which... I can't quite put my finger on some like sense of, you know, those weird things that make a difference to you and not to anybody else in the world. Mm-hmm. Somebody else could say it would make no difference to them, but it was like a place where I have such a big wound mm-hmm. and I didn't even know it. When he said it, I was fit to be tied, so to speak. Like, I'm glad I, I guarantee half the behaviors that you did, if we reference the anxious and the avoidant pattern. It's like, because the things you're talking about, the packing the stuff, the I'm out, it's the classic reaction that the anxious has when the anxious has opened up too much, has chased too much, has given too much, has caretake too much. If it's not being given back in that same level, the behavior is to pull back, withdraw the love pack the suitcase, pull it back. It's a protective measure. Exactly. Because we want the other person to come into us and pull, unpack our suitcase and pull us back in. Well, even if it's not a manipulation for that to happen, which that would be, but even if I, because I, at it's that point- It's not a conscious, I don't think, anxious people don't do it consciously. They don't manipulate in that way consciously. It's just the, it's a protective, like, oh my God, I've given myself to, you know, given myself away too much. Too much. Pull it right. all the way back. Instead of just easing back, it's a door slam. Exactly. And so that, what I noticed was happening was that, I was trying to control the situation. So I had as much control when I was giving too much as I did when I was taking it away. Mm -hmm. But when I was in the limbo or the unsure parts of me, I had no control. And that's too big and too scary. So when I went into the other room, I had no... First of all, I've never been on vacation and broken up with somebody. I I always (laughs) sucked it up through the end of the vacation and then we figured it out at the other end. But I was like, oh, dear God, I just broke up with him in the middle of the night and I have nowhere to go. Are we going to be like silent house for two and a half, three days? And, you know, just funny. I mean, parts of it are funny when you look back. I had to get myself back. And finally, I was able to say those words. I have to leave because I have to get myself back. And poor thing. Like I would consciously, I would never subject someone to that. And I would never want to be subjected to that. And yet some part of me 
keeps thinking it was all unfolding. The, the All of the little things that were happening, like the illnesses and the should we go home and do we need to stay or mm-hmm. are we going to... And all these decisions, they kept shining the light on the fact that I was too invested because I was going further over into caretaking and things mm-hmm. that I needed to. At this point, like... It's when a pattern that needs to be busted open. Yeah, and when you're just in relationship with someone and dating, so to speak, girlfriend, boyfriend, you don't take care of their family. You right. just sit back. And I realized, oh, I'm just too involved with this whole thing that's happening. And, and uh, there's not the commitment that I'm right. desiring. Right, and it just doesn't feel right because I'm like in his business in a way that I shouldn't be. And his family, I'm just his girlfriend. So why would I be so involved? You know, that kind of stuff. So I just kept feeling that. And that's, that's the part that kept feeling like, oh, that's why the illness piece is here so that I can see this really clearly. Mm-hmm. And then we decided for um, to do a blessing because we had what we felt like it was a miracle for our family. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to do a blessing and go to a temple. We went to this Hindu temple for this blessing. Oh, wow. And we're like, oh, it's so sweet. It's a puja, blah, 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 blah. Well, it was like two and a half hours long. <laughs> Apparently, and Spirit it, thought you needed a oh, really my big God. blessing to get through Catherine's load. <laughs> you know, and both of us were experiencing this just really painful sort of places. Limbo, Limbo right? And we were both angry and sad and hurting. And it was like... I, the end of the trip, I was like, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> like, ah, it was so funny. We went to this puja and we must have had to take, I really think there were seven blessings. And the blessings literally walked around the room. And most Americans would know what communion looks like. That would be two, bread and wine. Right. This was like we had to take something and put it in our mouth twice. Then we had to put a blessing on our third eye. Then we had to put a third and a fourth blessing on our cardamom. And there was, it was so beautiful. And it was the divine feminine. The whole temple was Mm. flowers and it was surrounded by flowers. And it was, it was like somebody was yelling from the universe. You're caught. You need to settle back down into the goddess and have her speak through you. And I, for me, anybody who knows me knows I love that kind of thing. So I'm all the ministers. I would have been have. like, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. And he was, he later was telling me how hard it was for him to keep staying and just keep sitting. And he's committed to that for sure. You know, that mm-hmm. level of self-inquiry that he was able to hear himself like getting busy and judging and doing all those things, which was then he could reflect he was doing with me. Right. So it was like. It, oh, it's not just her I'm judging. Da, da, da. It's also. So we had a very sweet time there, but it was still, I felt like the universe gave me something I needed really badly because I realized, oh, I had really lost the most important thing to me, which is my connection to the divine. Mm. I was so over in his business right. and so wanting to get my connection to the divine through him, to have that kind of complete wholeness kind of experience with him, that I lost my way and I lost my connection to the divine. And, and it put too much focus on him. No kidding, right? A and lot of so, pressure. yeah. So then this. I've never done that before. No, I know. I'm sure no one's ever <laughs> done that before. Year at all. 
But I wrote a whole book on it. It's called Power Coupling. Oops. And it, it's all Buy about- now. <laughs> right? Like, obviously, I know what I'm doing. Well, at least I learned a little something. But it's That'll all- be our next book. <laughs> when to pack your bag. When to pack your bag. So what was so interesting was that this whole idea that I had lost my connection to the divine by trying to find it through another person. Right. And we, uh, we all know, we've done this a million times, but this time was- like as if the I don't know the light was being shined on it because the cost was so high, because I love this person so much and I couldn't see what I was doing to push him away. So how do we focusing. balance that with like the holy sacred union that we're we're always seeking, holy like fuck, you and yeah. I, or the holy fuck? Um, how do we balance that with uh, still keeping ourselves? You. Oh, you have an answer. I do. I oh, found yay. it. I found okay. it. So. What's happened to me before and what also happened this time is that somewhere in the middle of the night, like something wakes me up, usually fear or like, oh my God, what's happening? What am I going to do? And then I'm able to kind of reorient myself. And I realized that my commitment, my greatest, biggest commitment in my life is to love, Mm -hmm. is to God, the divine energy of loving that fills this planet. Right. And that's why we're always looking for the holy fuck, because we always want to add God in and holiness and loving and whatever you call that energy of infinite intelligence. I had lost it. I had lost my commitment because of my attachment to that being the vessel. Mm -hmm. I lost my commitment to loving. I was treating him like the worst (laughs) I could ever (laughs) treat anybody. I'm so embarrassed to say this, but I was really doing that. And It was like, it woke me up with a start. Oh, this is me not choosing love at all, but choosing what I want. Like, this is total ego demand. I'm controlling the universe. It needs to be through this person. I needed to go my way. And by the way, I'm going to treat the person I love. I'm doing quotation marks again. (laughs) Love the most, the worst. Right. How How many of you have done this? Please tell me. I hear something in the, you know, you were saying like when you're all in that you're comfortable. Right. Because you're fully loving that other person, right? But in the backside, when you're all in in that way, you're not taking care of your needs. Then you slam the door and you go way back to the other side. And then you feel safe because you're totally loving yourself because you're protecting yourself. You're taking care of yourself. So I feel like the limbo gets uncomfortable because you, that's where the balance has to happen. And it's like you have to love equally. I mean, you're loving. I, I think you have to love yourself, at, you know, the most. But it feels uncomfortable. Well, and here's I don't know the what thing. That is. Yeah, here's the thing. Actually, the limbo is when I've let go of my divine connection, and I only have connection through another person, because that's when I'm unstable. And what I've taught myself in my life is that. My divine connection was broken early in the experience that I experienced as abandonment. Mm-hmm. When a lot of us can relate, maybe everybody can relate to that. Maybe it's our birth story as humans, right? right? When that was broken, I had to learn my way back there. I didn't find my way back easily in an easily loving cocoon of mm-hmm. whatever it was. I had to find my way back. And I fought this my whole life to find this connection. And I finally found when I was single, I was okay. I was fully in love with myself, with the universe. That doesn't mean I liked everything about myself, but I was 
good with myself. I could be home alone without a television or right. radio or anything on. I didn't drink every night anymore. I didn't <laughs> eat every single night every Well, no, I eat, but overeat, <laughs> overeat every night anymore. <laughs> and I really found this place of like softness. And what happens is when I add relationship in, mm-hmm. I let go. I'm like, oh yeah, that whole spiritual connection. Bye. And I come over here and I get too invested in the person. And that's that's all that was going on. And so to me, the most exciting thing about it was to wake up in the morning and be able to say to him softly and gently in the kindest place from the crazy bitch I was the night before. And there is no question I was inhabiting crazy bitch. Um, Allison calls, Allison Armstrong calls that the rage monster that women can occasionally get. And I'm pretty sure it's from withholding. Like we withhold so we withhold long so that long. finally, when we just can't keep it in anymore, just years worth of trauma, or life's worth 20, of trauma. Yeah, it just comes yeah. flying out. And the person's like, whoa, where'd that all come from? And we all think we're alone in this. So I think that's really one of the things I wanted to say is that who hasn't done this? You know, like I think more men will walk out the door and slam the door and be gone. You won't know where they are and you get worried, but that's their way of taking care of it. Where with us, I see many, many women who will just, what we call, fucking lose it. (laughs) That's our colloquial term for it. So that's what I did. So I was able to wake up in the morning and I'm so grateful I knew I had to be alone that night. So that he didn't have to say anything false to me to make me feel Feel better better. and And he didn't have to feel less than himself. I wasn't like, at bedtime, I actually was able to say I'm doing this for myself rather than I'm doing this against you. Right. I still packed my suitcase. (laughs) (laughs) But in the morning, I was actually able to say, I am so sorry from the deepest place of, and I think you'll all know what I mean when I'm saying this. I know you will, Krista, that universal love that's an open-hearted joining of all of us, sort Mm of unifying us or communion or something where we step into this place where we feel loving. We just feel love. And we just say to another person, like, I'm so sorry, and thank you for loving me. And at that moment, it didn't matter to me what he chose. I I just knew that I was back in my integrity. Right. And it had been weeks that we've been having this on and off conversation. So it had been that long that I'd really felt myself come back into my integrity with what I really know is true, is I'm committed to love first and foremost, in this world and in my life. And then I can work out my relationships and partnerships around that. If I have that priority right, well, let me add in the other priority. (laughs) I forgot myself in that one. So it's my relationship with the divine, my relationship with myself, and my relationship with other people. And then, then we can be okay. And then I'm I'm really fine. I'm not 130% because I, I got some of it for me and for you know, the spirit world and the divine. So what happened was it started to just make everything feel magical. Mm-hmm. And then we had a few more iterations of his need to express. Because did it go off on you? <laughs> I was, in no way did it look like what how upset I was, but I Good. would say there were iterations of his need to get expressed Mm-hmm. and his need to have space, and his need to... So, you know, this very sweet, loving vacation we were having was like, wah! Every time we turned around, there was some major issue, crisis, or something else happening. Do you find 
that in this, like when people are being silent toward each other and not saying anything, that it does take this catalyst, whether it's, you know, missing flights or sick family members or like it takes some type of thing to yeah. like bust us out of our silence. At least for me, it's like, I just keep it down. I want to be nice. And I just am pacifying myself and the situation. But then it just takes that thing that happens and I go, ah, and it's like, I need that in order. It's almost like energy rising up the body. It's like, I need this Kundalini thing down in the gut to just shove the words out my mouth. Yeah. And, um, and it's tricky, not pretty. <laughs> well, I think at the, one of our last workshops we were talking about, you know, you have the fifth chakra and you, but it's where are the words coming from? Are they right. coming, are the words coming through your seventh chakra or are they coming from your first, first chakra? <laughs> right. So when you have the freak out at the, the night before dinner, it was first, second, third, all, all uh, the first, words second, third. just coming out of your blah. mouth like venom. Blah. And then the next morning, once you had settled yourself and you were able to walk back into it, it was like the divine had come in and the right. words coming out of your mouth were from the seventh chakra. Absolutely. And and even the way I could see the situation through the sixth chakra and just all of it made so much more sense. And the fifth chakra is about control. So I didn't need to control it anymore because I was had recreated my safety. Mm-hmm. My safety w- is inside me. It's never going to be in a man or in a in a child or anybody well, else. That's why you can, like, then that's like letting go of that word forever. And this I is where know, it gets tricky right? because if we really truly believe that our safety comes from within us, technically we shouldn't need the other person to promise forever because whether they can promise that or not shouldn't affect who we are inside. Now, whether yeah. we can actually live with that or do it in our humanness. That's well, I think there else. are a couple things too to that because there was something else that came up and um, around. Well, I, one of the funniest things was one of the issues that we had been talking about was that um, was volatility. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I showed a whole so new apparently level. He needed a, a an experience. Need, he needed to know that he had not been exposed to it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the the other thing about commitment that you just said that I think is interesting is that commitment is an intention. Like it's my intention. If I'm going to choose to be engaged to you or married to you, it's my, not you, I'm sorry, I'm not going to marry you. But if I'm going to do that, it's an intention that I'm setting, Mm -hmm. that every day I'm going to, again, recommit on this path to loving you and having a life together. It's really not about love. It's really about, are we going to choose a life together? And then at some point, my highest commitment is to spirit, my second is to myself, and my third is to you. So if either of those other two get off really get out of balance, I'm going to have to look, right? And so what we realized was that it's the recommitting, the actual act of committing to love that frees us up to know what the truth is. So that was like the hugest thing was when— Say I, that again? So it was the, the commitment to the higher sense of loving, mm-hmm. like Loving everything and everyone, so sixth and seventh chakra, right? That that was able to trickle down all the way down <laughs> into my other chakras and change my first chakra, soften it to realize that what I truly believe is that all is well when I have the seventh chakra functioning. When right. it's closed, I can't believe that. So in making that choice, Every day, the one commitment I know I will never not make 
in my life is that love is the most important thing to me. So being loving means being kind, means being patient, means being open. And when I'm not that, I don't have to hurt myself. I don't have to call myself a sinner or a bad person, right? (laughs) What I get to do is just recommit to loving. And the answers are all there, right? Every time I'm fully loving, and you know this too, right? And I hope you guys know this too out there, is every time I fully say whatever love would do here. I mean, if you if I was Christian, totally, which I'm partly Christian because it's still there, and I do love the teachings of Jesus, whether all of them are true or not. The ones that matter to me are important, but I don't consider it an exclusive relationship with Jesus, my Savior, quote-unquote, but I, it is a beautiful—he's a beautiful teacher of mine, I would say. Mm-hmm. And in that— expression was this humanness that he had. You know, he drank wine and he hung out with Mary Magdalene and yeah, he kissed her in that special way and, you know, all those kinds of things. So I get to be human and I get to be divine. But when I'm only being one or the other, it's this, I can't find myself. Right. And so then how did your beautiful Hawaii trip and I know the audience is dying to I know. know. Well, it, it was beautiful because we were both really, really struggling. And again, that temple thing really changed the energy. Even though we still had a bunch of like boom, boom, booms up the road, they never were as serious after that. And that was the morning after we had had the worst night. Well, think about it. That's when the when you step into a temple, it's like energy is just palpable in a spiritual place like that. And it just opens oh. up your seventh chakra, whether you believe in that type of thing I know. You not, don't have to believe this. Just go do it. Yeah. You don't, have, <laughs> you don't have to be aware of it or anything, but stepping into a space that way just has the divine in it. And uh. so, you know, allowing yourself, like you guys could have gone to a bar that night and you would be surrounded by a little bit lower energy happening. A little lower consciousness. Yeah. Maybe. A little bit lower consciousness, but you chose or spirit chose spirit to just chose shove moment. you in the door. And you were both got to absorb all of that holy energy, all of that divine energy, and it it does. It tweaks the DNA, and it opens this little chakra here and that does. one here. And so it you does. you might have gone home still angry and in your humanness, but in the you know in the middle of the night, like you're saying, it's like that energy is running through you and opening things up, and then that's where you can have the clarity, and that's where you can hear the words from the seventh chakra. Right. And, you know, even in The Course in Miracles, which we talk about now and then, you know, there's this whole focus on there's only one reality when you're in love. You're in one. You're in the only reality. So when that happens, when you feel like when you fall in love, if you never had the experience, experience, if you never had the experience (laughs) of being the divine, you have had the experience of falling in love. Pretty much almost everybody has had one dip, at least in their life, of just feeling that what is that? What do we call it? I don't even know. Just that effusive kind of open state. Mm-hmm. Once we have that experience around us, everything changes. And we don't even have to think about what to do. We're just like, this is what we say. This is what we do. And none of it's coming from our fear and our ego and our pain. and our. So we um, found ourselves on this long, quiet, windy road. Expect, And there was pouring rain where we were. And we're like, let's drive to the other side of the island. Did you bring the book? That's what I want to know. <laughs> uh, we did not bring the book to the... No, no, we didn't. And that's we... fine because it's like that, you know, that was... 
what you wanted. That was your exactly. idealistic you know, outcome of the trip is like to take this book and to have, have this, this holy union. Sexy, romantic, holy but union. Ha- you can't have, that's not available it to wasn't. you until this other stuff is cleared out. And, Absolutely. you know, that's, I think part of my last year's journey is like wanting that holy union with someone. But as long as all my human crap is still shoved in there and I'm not dealing with it, I'm blocking the opportunity to have that experience with someone. And so we can run away from the stuff that's getting triggered, but it just is, if we don't deal with it, it's just going to come back and keep blocking us from having that experience. And so I'm so we, hoping that book will go on your next vacation. Or, or maybe not. It's on my bedside table. You never know what could happen now. But true, what did happen. Holy unions don't have to wait for vacation. They don't. They don't. This was not the vacation to wait for. But so just to conclude. So the end of this whole vacation was finding us on this deserted beach at sunset in the most beautiful place in the world which, I mean, I happen to think that Kauai, Hawaii, is one mm-hmm. of the most beautiful places in the world. Alone on this beach, as the moon came down, we spent t- probably three hours, two hours in the dark with the moon shining over the top of our heads, and we just relaxed mm-hmm. deeply into the space. And then we were finally able to talk about what it means to me and what commitment means to me and what I was really talking about and why I would love to do that with him in a really like totally different way than the kind of frantic sort of, what are you going to give me? What are you going to give me? When are you going to give this to me? Kind of thing that was happening just before that. And I'm really... What are you going to give me? All that's the first, second, third, all that stuff operating. Anxious, When you came back to your seventh chakra, you were able to meet each other from a completely different place. Yeah, so now we're in this really gentle, open, loving conversation that will carry us wherever it carries us. What I realized in the end, what I was reacting to, is I could feel there was an energy block of the, there was no conversation. It was Mm -hmm. stopped. Right. And that's when I freaked out. And then when he started the conversation, there was too much bottled up in there. (laughs) And I had to freak out even more. Which I think is a typical pattern that I do. And guys, just don't freak out. Like, just let us go through these things. This is how women process. And one of the reasons I want to tell this story is for everyone who's listening to normalize this. It happens. That's why men get to sometimes call us crazy. We're not. We're emotional. Well, Um, I think we're also intuitive. So we feel when something is off and it takes us, for me, it takes me a while to figure out what's going on or to ask about it because I'm feeling something, but I can't just go on a feeling like I'm trying to come up with concrete information that I can bring to the table and talk about, but it's a feeling. I can tell if there's distance. Right. And that is the thing that I'm learning to trust more and more. And we have decided that this part of whatever part of our relationship is, this is about trust. It's about trusting ourselves, trusting the universe, and trusting that whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen. Right. And so we can leave it there with with knowing that there's a big container that's holding a really big love for each other. And we're in conversation letting this thing unfold about how it works for each of us. Amazing. So. It almost killed us, <laughs> but the <laughs> but recommitting, yeah. But the recommitting to love is our highest priority. Is what saved the day. So, wow! Thank you for sharing that. Certainly wasn't the outcome to the vacation. Uh, <laughs> wasn't the one I was, I was expecting. Thinking we were going to hear, but uh, what beautiful learnings for both of you. Yeah. So, 
To be continued. To be continued. All right. Spread the love. Spread the love.